Rambles. Welcome back to another episode of Protein Ramblings. As you may be aware, we were expected to put out a Jason and Will Warriors episode this time around. Unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties and lost the entire episode. So we're going to be recording that again with Mark in the next coming day. So look out for that next week. In the interim, so we're still getting something out for you this week, even though it is a little bit late. Me and Naomi thought we'd do another installment of the Naomi Never Saw It series with a bit of a, a left field selection this time around we've gone for the i hasten to say the word classic <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna bow to your judgment on that much better than i remembered <laughs> 1988 i believe i want to say 1988 no 1986 I'm sure you said it came out the year you were born no 1987 so oh. it was in production then so I, I, I was either side of the right year <laughs> so 1987 film critters like i say 1987 so it came out just after gremlins Produced by New Line Cinema and quite often is seen as the, I don't know, more schlocky cousin to Gremlins. And a lot of of the time it was seen as New Line's answer to the Gremlins franchise. Now, actually doing some research, well, I say doing research, reading IMDb while watching the film. (laughs) It turns out that the writers had actually put together the film and like the script had been bought and always it was already going into production before Gremlins was even announced. So before it, it was public knowledge. So just two very uh, high level similar concepts that came into being of around the same time. Yeah, it's like when you had all those White Houses destroyed films that came out all at the same time. What, what do you call it? Um, convergent evolution. Yeah. Um, what was it? The Olympus Fallen. Olympus yeah, White House. White down. House down, Olympus has fallen or Olympus down uh, White House bullshit born. bullshit films <laughs> <laughs> that we only now wish were true so the film actually was a, a pretty good success in terms of box office output it came out of the box office with a budget of 2 million it grossed in its opening weekend 1.6 PSA sorry annoying and angry cats in the background again yeah, very she's, she's fine she just wants us to think she's not so yeah she just wants to go out and unfortunately we can't let her out because someone tried to steal her so, yeah, she's very upset about it. <laughs> and it gets worse because my studio is where the back door is. So she thinks if we're sat in here and she makes enough noise, then she gets to go out. But anyway, back to Critters. So Critters was, yeah, made on a budget of 2 million. Box office weekend was 1.618 million. But worldwide gross was 13.167 million. Okay, cool. I can see why they hopped on a sequel. Yeah. It's and, actually not that much money, uh, considering, uh, you know, I'm assuming the puppetry was complicated and time-consuming. It yeah. seems like a pretty good deal. So there was one, there's one scene. So just to give you a high-level synopsis of the film, the it actually opens up quite out of left field and not what you expect, because the trailers kind of give away, oh, it's kind of like gremlins, small little animals causing havoc and hilarity and death in shoes. But where it comes out of quite left field is it opens up and it's all like in space and the critters, which are the titular bad guys, otherwise known as the Krites, to use their proper extraterrestrial name, they're escaping from a prison planet in space and two bounty hunters are sent after them to retrieve them. They've stolen a ship and basically peg-legging it across the universe and end up going to Earth because, well, they need to make the film. After the the space sequence, it, it... 
I don't want to say devolves, but it largely becomes your typical kind of 80s schlock horror. The critters land in the farmyard of the Brown family, I want to say. I can't remember. Maybe. It was something with a B because the boy's name is alliterative. I know that that is Bradley something. Yeah, so I'm sure it's Brown. But anyway, it's, you know, small town America. They land in the farm and they start eating the chickens and then they cut the power to the like the farm's house and the dad has to go down and check out the what do you call it the basement the creepy basement the fuse box because oh, they got yeah. the power and he's like and the fuses have been chewed through and, he's, and this is where you get the first kind of like critter attack and one jumps out at the um jumps out of like the shelf and starts eating and it's really cool they got they can shoot like spines that poison people and mm. kind of incapacitate them but where i was getting to was the puppetry mm. that oh, we were yeah, talking yeah. about Shortly after they crash land, <laughs> Billy Zane's in this film, which is hilarious in of itself. So shortly after they crash land, Billy Zane plays the at the moment boyfriend the, of yeah, the their older sister. Short-lived love interest in many ways. Yeah, definitely. They're making out. <laughs> making out is the best. <laughs> making, but that's that's all they do. They they make out for so long. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They start making out, and then after twenty minutes of scenes in the other house, maybe mm-hmm. not that long. But he cuts back to them after a decent amount of time and they're still like fully clothed and just making yeah, out. Yeah, things should either have progressed or stopped by then. You shouldn't still just be making out. Yeah, it's it's pretty piss poor going on Billy Zane's part, to be fair. But anyway... She was so up for it as well. Yeah, she yeah. like more so than he was. He yeah. was kind of like, no, 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 your dad. Like, seriously, your dad. But what happens is uh, there's this scene where Billy Zane, like the Chris has come out of the... Mm-hmm. Hey, that's the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for. Hey, 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 you, hey. hey. So the critters come out of the hay and they attack Billy Zane, kill him. And the younger brother, Brad, goes in to rescue his sister and he throws this firecracker in and the critter eats it. And it kind of has this comedy part where it, the firecracker explodes inside him and his eyes bulging and stuff. And that one scene had something ridiculous, like five or six puppeteers doing it, all having to work in coordination. It took forever to film, yeah. apparently. So yeah, there's some, there's a decent level of effects and puppetry going on in the film. Easily actually on par with what you see in Gremlins, especially the first Gremlins, because it's not as outlandish as the second one. Right. Not that you'd know because you've never fucking seen it. it. Yeah. Maybe do that one next time. Yeah. So yeah, the Critters land, the one thing I think that Critters rather than Gremlins did really well in the first film is they gave the Critters a little bit more character than Gremlins had in Gremlins. And we Mm. can talk about that more once you've seen Gremlins, I guess. (laughs) Well, there's my favorite scene in the film is there's a bit where they're chasing the family back inside the house. The They go back inside the house and one crit, they subtitle the critters because they've got their own language, which incidentally, the guy who did all the voices for the critters, he made up the language, which was supposed to be an amalgam. It basically said it was an amalgamation of French and Japanese. I would never have guessed that from listening to it. I just thought it was babbling nonsense. Well, I mean, when you mash two very disparate languages oh, yeah, together, yeah. that's pretty much it what does, you get. It does make sense, yeah. So, yeah, the scene, the, the family retreat inside, and one of the other critters turns to its friends out on, out on the porch, like, we've got, we- they've got weapons. And it was like, so? And then the, the gun just comes out the door, shoots the one that said so, and he was just like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> that little exchange was what really sold me on the film, actually, because I didn't have high expectations for it. So, okay, so, yeah, as mentioned, I haven't seen Gremlins either, but my impression of these two sets of films was that Critters was very much like a, a knockoff of Gremlins. It was meant to be maybe a satire or, a, you know, just a, a, maybe like an asylum film version of it. So I didn't have particularly high expectations. And it was, it didn't start the way I expected it to start, you know, it was kind of thrown off by the whole 
in space. space. Stuff, yeah. But that little exchange, which is actually quite far into the film, I guess, because it's not a long film. The, the two critters talking about the guns and the weapons. I was like, yep. okay, <laughs> I'm in. This is, yeah, that really tickled me. I think overall the film's got a very good sense of humor without ever being too silly. Yeah. Because like the thing with Gremlins, like, especially Gremlins 2, and I'm going to make a lot of comparisons here, even though you've not seen it, because it is the comparable mm. film. Gremlins 2 got very wacky and very silly. And I think, although Critters by 4 is kind of bad, I think the first two really hold up and they they do go silly, but not to the degree that Gremlins does. But Gremlins becomes very, very tongue-in-cheek and very self. I think it's much of a self-parody of the se- yeah. in the second one. That seems to often be the path with horror movie franchises from this era, though, doesn't it? You start off very serious and then as you progress and you kind of run out of other ways to tell the story, you get... Well, I mean, in space. <laughs> yeah, I mean, case in yeah, case Leprechaun in space, or case in point, the um, my favorite Jason takes Manhattan. Yes, because he amazing. punches the head off a drug dealer, <laughs> so which is so fucking good. <laughs> as the film, like as the film progresses, the bounty there's some bounty hunters that are set out to pursue the critters and bring back proof of their destruction, if nothing else. And these two bounty hunters, they're kind of shape shifting. So on the way to Earth, they're kind of researching Earth. And they're picking a form to shapeshift into to blend in. One of them picks a form, which happens to be like a made-up 80s rock star, who incidentally, the actor that played rock star, uh, Terrence Mann, he co-wrote and actually sang the song that oh, the, the, they're Power performing. Of the night. Power oh. of the Night. <laughs> that was a really good 80s power ballad <laughs> to yeah. the point where it did feel like it must be satire. <laughs> It's it's actually really good. It, so yeah, there's this fictional rock star in the Critters universe called Johnny Steele, which is just brilliant. And the bounty hunter is called Ugg. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> yeah, you never really hear names, but yeah, they're oh. called, called Ugg. As he's watching, he, he sees Johnny Steele and he uh, basically transforms into it. Now, I do think the... Uh, the transformation effects were really good. Yeah, definitely. It was pretty visceral. Yeah, so I think what they did was they probably created like the mask, like a, a human face replica mm. of a skull and like liquid and stuff and then just melted it. Yeah. And then yeah. Felt, then played it back in reverse because that's what it looks like is it's just a face unmelting. Yeah. But it looks, it's really effective and looks really cool. And then his bounty hunter partner can't, like he's looked at loads of faces but nothing's taking. He says nothing likes him, doesn't he? Yeah. Which made me feel like there, there's an element of not choice in in what they look like. Yeah, definitely. They I don't think they it, they have to find a face that kind of works for them, and they seem to automatically transform as as becomes apparent once they land on the planet. So once they land on the planet, the guy who's not transformed, the first thing they come across is a dead deputy sheriff's deputy who's been or policeman. I don't know law he's, enforcement. He's a cop. He's a pig. He, law enforcement officer, and he's been mauled by the critters. So and the guy starts just almost looks like involuntarily yeah. changing into yeah. him, but he because he's dead he's basically changed into a corpse variant so he's got like <laughs> scars and cub face and things and uh, they proceed to go to a church and just kind of shoot the drive through well, the church. It's, it's really funny because they get into a car and he's like oh he's learned to drive via a, a, osmosis of information mm. on the flight over but he just sticks the car into reverse so the for the first half of the film he's just driving everywhere in reverse i did think that was going to continue throughout the whole film i thought that was going to be the joke that whenever they drive they're driving in reverse so what made me really laugh actually because it made me properly balk out loud i forgot about it is so they 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 reverse into the front of this church, the shoddiest major. Shoddiest church. And like half of it collapses and they just kind of storm in there going, where are the crites? Where are the crites? And everyone's like, what? 
and uh, the one who transformed into the dead deputy, everyone thinks it's him because he looks like him. No one's really noticed that he's cut up to fuck. And he then starts to transform into the priest who was there giving sermon. It was a really funny bit as they just before they arrived at the church where he's just showing you the interior of the church, like setting the scene. And the, the pastor's giving a talk on, or like a sermon on Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just a little old lady's like, oh, 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 the good stuff. The raunchiest part of the Bible. <laughs> So yeah, when the bounty hunters show up, the the one who transformed into the dead deputy then transforms into the priest before 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 everybody's eyes and everyone's like proper weirded out and then just starts shooting up the place and leave. It's really quite funny because as he transforms into the priest, it's done in front of the priest who's sort of like at the lectern. But it's quite clear that the actor changes as soon as yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like completely different hair because the was, priest, priest has like curly hair and this guy's just got a big bowl cut. I was really confused initially about how we were supposed to view the bounty hunters because when they're sent off on this mission, you're, you're, you're led to infer that on previous missions they've gone too far and there have been issues, right? Um, and when they get to, to Kansas, the first thing they do is start wrecking shit up and breaking churches and firing on people. And it's like, are they... The bad guys, is it going to turn out that the critters are the good guys? Should we be sympathizing with the critters and the bounty hunters are the guys we should be against? <laughs> should always sympathize with the critters, they're awesome. But then it kind of flips once they once the bounty hunters meet up with Brad. Mm-hmm. And then they're much more obviously the good guys. Yeah, definitely. And so we've completely got glossed over as well the, the whole subplot of Charlie. Oh God, yeah, the alien abduction guy. Well, yeah. not alien abduction guy, but he's he's that kind of character. Well, he, character, I mean, you know, I get messages in my fillings and nobody believes me. Yeah. So what happened as we open up, there's um, the family, the Browns, they're employing, he's kind of like the local down and out. We open up at the police station with him kind of having spent a night in the drunk tank. And he's he's a little bit simple, portrayed as a little bit simple. And he like, his whole thing is that he, he was like a starring quarterback or whatever at school, like a prospect, as he says. Uh, but he was getting messages in his teeth from aliens in his fit from his uh, in his fillings, and it caused him to become basically an alcoholic, functional well, barely functional alcoholic. And he works for uh, Brad's dad, uh, the Brown family, just helping fix up cars and helping. I don't really know what Brad's job is. Oh, is it just farmer? And well, he, I mean, they have cattle, don't they? Yeah, that's true. So oh. maybe he is just a farmer, and he's like a farm hand. Yeah, he's kind of the the handyman, right? He seems to do a bit of everything. Yeah including helping Brad build firecrackers and shooting Brad's sister with the cat the cat bolt. Yeah. yeah. Just, Although I think yeah. that was an accident because he was fixing it for yeah, Brad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, we digress. So yeah, his his whole thing is like he thinks aliens are out there and there's at one point he's cycling down the street when he sees the, uh, the critter ship fly overhead. So he's like freaking out and he goes to the bar at the bowling alley and starts drinking. So later on, the bounty hunters after leaving the church, they go to the bowling alley and they go in there and start causing a ruckus for what for want of a better word they just kind of <laughs> like I know, this is something i said to you while we were watching it but like they're really bad at their job they just walk into these places and are like give us the christ and they don't explain what that means to anyone yeah like, <laughs> and then when they don't get what they want they just start shooting place up yeah it's very true that the their their approach is crites where are the crites and everyone's like what the fuck are you chatting what is up? a crite yeah sorry being a, being a consummate professional there and just knocking my shit all over the floor <laughs> So yeah, they basically try uh, end up at the bar, uh, the bar, and we, so the bowling alley has this little bar in the back room, which is the shittiest little bar yeah. ever. 
but small town America, I guess. And Charlie's in there, and the bounty hunter that had previously transformed into the priest then transforms into Charlie, which, you know, hilarity ensues later. <laughs> Meanwhile, while all this has been going on, back at the Browns' house and farmhouse, they're completely under siege. Brad's rescued his sister from the shed, but his dad has been pretty much mauled. Dad was mauled. Actually, that, that scene in the basement where his dad gets attacked by the crypto was a lot more brutal than I expected. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're just going to kill the dad off right now. The thing is, with the Critters film, they're actually pretty, like, gro- pretty good. Like, the second one especially gets a lot more gory. Yeah. Nara. Secondary apologies for cats. So, yeah, there's... Um, <laughs> I don't know if people will be able to hear some of the noises she's making, but they are funny. But, yeah, so we're saying the, the Critters films are pretty gory. Yeah. Yeah, I, do, I, I don't know why I didn't expect them to be that gory. I guess because I didn't really know what they were about, and I was... Again, because I had that mental thing of like, oh, it's a bit like Gremlins, and I don't think Gremlins is gory. Actually, surprisingly, it is. Okay. It has not as, not as like, schlock horror gory mm. as those ones are, but it definitely has its gorier elements. Yeah. There's some pretty brutal deaths uh, in, in Gremlins, as okay. you'll see. But I think the design of the critters themselves, the big gaping maw with the thousands of teeth lends itself to being a bit more visceral than oh, yeah, the Gremlin definitely. design. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the, like okay, I know what the Gremlins look like. Yeah. Um, gremlins. Yeah, yeah. Like, but, but I think when you think gremlins, I mean, I tend to think of Gizmo. So, you know, he's, he's not a gremlin. Very... He's a mogwai. But don't mogwais become gremlins? No, mogwais give birth to gremlins. Uh, is this another like xenomorph life cycle thing? It makes absolutely it's, no sense. It's not far off. Okay, so sidebar gremlin, gremlin sidebar here, because Naomi's never seen it and doesn't understand how mogwais work. The whole rules of, you know, the rules of mogwai, right? Don't get it wet. Don't feed it after midnight. Don't expose it to bright light yeah so bright light hurts it and you know kills them feeding them after midnight makes the i forget what exactly what it does but if you feed them after midnight and then get them wet they their skin will pulsate and boil and gremlins will just pop out of their skin right. like they just like kind of it's almost like uh what's the what's the self-replication where they divide oh yeah yeah okay like um the hell is that like called? Ame- amoebas yeah, yeah yeah what's that cellular division type of replication called Probably something very similar to what you just said. Well. Pathogenesis? No, 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 it's not pathogenesis. Mitosis? Okay. Is that right? I don't know. Maybe mitosis? I don't know. Some science term. Yeah, I, I thought it was cleverer than this. <laughs> uh, I was looking for worms cut in half. I was like, oh, that's the same <laughs> thing. But no, if you cut a worm off the head, it might survive, but the yeah. tail end will die. They don't <laughs> become two worms. There we go. Myth busted. You've learned something today. Yeah, so... Yeah, so that's how gremlins produce. Right. Oh, mogwais produce gremlins, but mogwais and gremlins are different. Right. <laughs> They're the same genus, but mogwais are not gremlins. Mogwais are nice and gremlins are not. Right. That's the law. Clear as mud. <laughs> so, yeah, but the, the critters are... The, the thing about the critters, I think, as well, especially versus the first gremlins film, is that the critters are definitely way more... The, you know, the space-faring hmm. creatures. Yeah, I mean, they have their own language. They have the capacity for space travel. They yeah. can pilot ships, yeah. yeah. To a certain extent, yeah. They understand fuse boxes. <laughs> yeah, they knew how to isolate and cut off the power. So as things are on, uh, back to the actual plot line, as things are transpiring and unraveling at the brown house, you find that one of the gremlins, which had been in the chicken coop, because Brad says he's going to go and get his bike to cycle off and get help, uh, which he does eventually get away to get help, but he can't get his bike. So he goes, he goes after his bike and there's a, 
a fairly sizable critter stood by his bike that was just like, come on, mate. And it just <laughs> fucking knocks his bike over. It's like, you want some? It's like, proper cockney critter. Cockney critter. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so uh, he runs off and hides and he looks through like this hole in the barn wall and he sees a critter in the chicken coop eating the chickens and just getting big. So they end up with this one kind of giant sized critter, which you, they did well. You never see it fully. Yeah. Because yeah. you know it looks shit if they showed it fully. Exactly. So you just see like arm or foot and just like the shadows and stuff. So they, I think they did obfuscation very well in this. In fact, there's there's quite a lot of the critters where, you know, you see fleeting glimpses, you'll see little static things, but they never try to do too much with them yeah, because they're aware of their limitations. Yeah. And, and setting the film at night obviously helps with that a lot. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was a good a good way to, to do it. So it's similar to the first Alien film, right? You know, you, you don't want people to see too much of it because it will look shit. You just want them to see enough to be upset. Yeah, or amused in yeah. this case, I think. <laughs> like one of my favorite points is there's a bit where they're all retreating, all the Browns are in the house and they're retreating upstairs and they're going into, well, I think it's Brad's bedroom. And as they're retreating back, like his sister yells something at him. So what he does is get the lamp, like an oil lamp and start a fire in their house, <laughs> which is like smart move. But it's really funny because <laughs> they, they, he throws it down, it cuts to one critter's face that's just like a gas and just like, <laughs> and then so the critter's caught in the fire and just comes rolling out and then just goes diving into a toilet and mm. you just hear it going, it's, the critters have got a lot of character and a yeah. lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. And I think they actually get better in the second one um, and then kind of degrade a bit as the series goes on. As is the way. Yeah. This is the way. As the, as the show, uh, the show, as the film is progressing, like I mentioned, Brad tries to get away to get help Meanwhile, in town, the like police dispatcher has got the big guy sheriff out of his bed, who instantly sounded like he had lung cancer. Yeah, he 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 was not a healthy man. No, not a healthy not. sounding man. No, definitely not. So they get him out, and he's kind of like just a bit behind the bounty hunter. So he goes to the church, and everyone's like, "There's the one old woman's like, they were from Los Angeles," <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, then, then he goes to the bar and like everyone from the bar, no, everyone from the bar ends up at the police headquarters. Sorry, uh, the dispatcher's like Reverend such and such, Charlie and Johnny Steele just shut up the bar. <laughs> uh, he's like, okay, I'll go check it out. I'll go to the bar and I'll go over to the Browns place. And he's on the way to, like, he's on the way to the Browns place. And then he cut, we go back to Brad, who's kind of like on the road at that point, and. Bounty hunters uh, heading towards Brad's place because they kind of got a bead on the critters are. Mm. Was it Charlie they showed them? I forget. Yeah, I can't remember because when Brad gets in the car, he's all like, let's go, let's go to my place. And they're just completely blank. Yeah, because he thinks it's actually yeah, Charlie. Yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, Charlie, who's, you're Johnny Steele. And he's like, <laughs> let's, go, let's go to our place. And he's like, where? <laughs> then Brad's like, you're not from around here, are you? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's kind of cottoned on what's going on. And they're just like, we want the crates. And he's like, look, you help me, I'll help you. So Brad takes the bounty hunters back to his house, who basically immediately show up and start blowing the hell out of everything. <laughs> it's just apparently their only solution to all problems. <laughs> but it's really funny when Brad gets back, he's like, did you get help? He's like, yeah, I got Charlie and Johnny Steele. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, is, is, is like you said, there's a lot of really good subtle humor in there. Incidentally, I should have noted the lad that plays Brad, 
uh, well, I say lad. Well, he, he was at the he time. Was, yeah. uh, was Scott Grimes, who later went on to do a hell of a lot of stuff. I mean, most probably known to a lot of people as Steve Smith in American Dad. Certainly for me, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's been in um, various, I think he's been in uh, some Star Trek, NCIS LA. He's in the Orville as well. In fact, he's been in a couple of different NCISs. So yeah, he went on to have a, in fact, there were a couple of people in this that went on to have decent careers. Like M. Emma Walsh is in there. He's he's in lots of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my actual like low key favorite actresses because she's fucking great. Whatever she's in is uh, Lynn Shay. That the the mum. No, it's the police dispatcher. Oh, okay. Um, one of the things that I like, she's great in. Uh, she's in Detroit Rock City. She mm-hmm. plays the mum of who burns the kiss type right, yeah, kiss yeah. concert. She's like all oh, mothers against kiss. <laughs> she's. She, I think she's. I, I think she's um in some of the. Oh, what's the fucking shitty horror franchise about the two charlatans? God, I mean the charlatan, the charlatan, fucking real life charlatan, like oh, oh, the the, the Warrens, uh, the Warrens. Yeah. yeah, she's in, she's in one of those films. She's, uh, yeah. In fact, it might be you know the one where Ed Warren has to go back to like the first house. That, yeah, yeah. Right. She's the the woman in that. Right. Okay. Um, that would that that was just a nonsensical budget, uh, you know that thing, <laughs> uh, whatever. But yeah, so um, there is actually sort of like a, a fairly decent, not like you know a great fucking superstar cast. That doesn't happen until credits three when you get Leonardo Di- Leonardo DiCaprio's first ever acting, like <laughs> first feature film role, which is you know a feather to the cap of the series. I think yeah. the, there's a great comment on IMDb, which is this is the only time Leonardo DiCaprio has ever looked his age. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's Eaton Gilbert group. Never seen it. Well, well, there's a turn up for the books. I've seen a film that you haven't. <laughs> yeah, just not. It was one that passed me by, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I did, you know. I was too busy watching schlocky horror. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I saw it at university. One of my friends made me watch it. Yeah, that's a ringing endorsement. Yeah, it's not something I would have picked for myself. I, I, you know, if I picked for myself, it would be schlocky horror. So throughout the film as well, there's a cat called Chewie. There's a lot of subtle Star Wars references and other references. To, so here's one. Um, the mother in this is the is also the mother in E.T., which the, they do a couple of subtle... Uh, D. Wallace, that's it. They do a couple of subtle little nods to it. So first off, like the opening scene where you see Brad and trying to fake his temperature to get off school. Same thing done in E.T., except it works in E.T. Ah, okay. So she's wised she's up. Learned, she's yeah. learned by this film. <laughs> and there's another really, like, there's a great scene where the critters are just wrecking Brad's bedroom, like, just chewing the pillows and t- t- feathers everywhere. And there's this one critter stood next to an E.T. doll. And he's like, hey, who are you? What are you? Where are you from? And he's, like, just trying to talk to it and nudging it and nudging it, and then just gets fucking angry with it and bites its head off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of sort of nods to E.T. throughout that as well. Interestingly, another little fun note is, you know, right at the beginning, it should near the beginning, it shows uh, Brad blowing up a toy. Mm. It's a, a Y-Wing toy from Star Wars, just spray-painted oh, okay. silver. I didn't notice that. Yeah. yeah, and then you've got the cat called Chewie, who uh, it's one of the things, like, we, we got into a discussion about sci-fi cats and do they <laughs> always survive? Because I, was, I wasn't sure if... Um, Jonesy. Jonesy from Alien survived. So we had to look that up. He does. He do, yeah. Yeah. Because he, he goes into. Um, that could be an interesting face off. Like, <laughs> Jonesy versus Chewy. No, just <laughs> sci fi cat face off. Yeah. There like, must be more. Yeah. yeah. Park that one for a later episode. Mm-hmm. Back to the current standing plot. So Brad gets the bounty hunters back to the brown farm. Sorry, our cat is just climbing out from underneath the sofa and looking very good. Very, very goofy in doing it. So 
Brad gets the bounty hunters back to the house and they start blowing up shit. So the, the, it, we get a few scenes of them kind of charging around the house, shooting at critters. I think they maybe hit two out of like the 10 they shoot at. Not greatest bounty hunters in the no, world. but I mean, I guess if your gun can kind of take out a wall of a whole house, you don't need to have great aim. This is true. They basically have what is like the bazookoids from Red Dwarf. <laughs> That's yeah. what they look like. Yeah. They look like the bazookoids. So as they they kind of rescue the family out and the the sheriff shows up as well. And the sheriff goes in and starts like <laughs> giving shit to Charlie. Uh, they they throw the sheriff out of the window because they give no fucks. They just here for the cries. As they as they're kind of blowing up the house and going around destroying everything. I believe the daughter gets kidnapped. Mm-hmm, yeah. So yeah, the the sister, the daughter gets kidnapped and um, by the giant critter because that's been stalking around the house yeah, quite a bit. Yeah. At one point, it tries to grab her while she's in Brad's room. That's where you just see the arm, and then you just see its feet padding off and it's dragging her off back to the ship. The idea is that she's going to be food for the journey. <laughs> Yeah, I did wonder about that at first when they was well, you know, everything else they've just eaten straight away. They haven't really showed a lot of forward planning. And then all of a sudden they're like, no, no, we're going to need snacks for the road. Well, like we discussed, they are an intelligent race. So they're not completely mindless. They, they went down there to eat and then now they're going to go somewhere else because the heat is on. You know, the bounty hunters are there. They need to get out and dodge. And, you know, every road trip needs snacks. Oh, the fun. Brad goes off to, like, he's just, like, legs it off after his sister gets his bike and starts cycling off. And the bounty hunters get into the police car that they've been driving around in, go to start it, and it just doesn't start. And meanwhile, the entire, the rest of the family, uh, plus the sheriff, are sat in the sheriff's car next to him. And it's just this great scene of them sat in the car. They look over at the sheriff. The sheriff looks back at them, and then they get out of their car. The one look who looks like Charlie gets into the left-hand side, and the other one gets into the right-hand side, squeezes the sheriff in between, and they just drive off. <laughs> Meanwhile, en route to the following the critter with his sister, Brad runs into Charlie. The real Charlie, yeah. The real Charlie, who's just completely out of it. And um, they Brad sneaks aboard the ship to like rescues his kiss. His, his kister? Sister. Kister. April. Uh, his sister, April. Was yeah. that her name? Yeah. Oh, well, well, well remembered. I forgot. So yeah, he rescues he rescues April. Um, she's like been incapacitated. She's still got the spine of one of them that is shot into her. And it, it looks like that as long as the spine is in, they remain incapacitated. But as soon as they cut, it's pulled out, they start to regain consciousness. Yeah, she comes around really quickly. And it leaves a quite a nasty postule. It's pretty yeah, again, pretty brutal looking. Yeah, he gets her out and he goes to light a um, a firecracker. I, I take umbrage for this part. It's a fairly big firecracker, don't get me wrong. Mm. And he goes to light it, but he ends up having to duck out of the uh, the ship before he can. And the as the ship door's closing, he Charlie basically makes a balls off and they lob that in there, which... Um, Blows up everything, really. Well, it, it, it lights the fuse on the, on the firecracker. Now, the ship takes off and starts flying off, but the... For me, the best point in the absolute film, which really just shows you the character of the critters, as they're flying off, the ship just stops. They shoot the laser and blow up the Browns' yeah. house completely, <laughs> laugh that. their asses <laughs> off, and then start flying off. But they're just like, with everything else that was going on, they still had time to stop and just be little dicks. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but uh, what you find then is that the the firecracker gets lit and the ship blows up. Now, I take umbrance with the fact that a firecracker could destroy a futuristic spaceship. Yeah, I mean, 
did did they crash land in the first place? Could we say it was already a little bit damaged? Uh, I don't think. I mean, it was. It, it seemed perfectly operational. Yeah. Even then, a firecracker. Yeah. It's 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 a bit of a it's, it's a bit of a stretch. It's a, it is a bit of a stretch. <laughs> What's more of a stretch? So the Browns' house is completely annihilated, and the bounty hunters are like, okay, yeah, we're off, and like the Johnny Steel bounty hunter is like gives Brad like a effectively an intergalactic business yeah. card. He's just like, call me. <laughs> yeah. I just was like, well, what for? What do you think he's going to need you for in the future? <laughs> yeah, he's like he's he just gives him this card like, call me. It's a little bit rapey. It was no, I didn't think it was rapey, but it was just it was just weird. It was like I don't know if it was meant to show that they bonded somehow, and he was like, "Hey, this Earth kid's all right." Well, it comes into play in the second film because he does call them. Okay, so maybe he just knew. <laughs> he knew this. This is for the sequel, kid. <laughs> Again, apologies about cats. They the the uh, bounty hunters fly off, and the family's devastated. Their house is completely blown up and this is where we get survival of a sci-fi cat the cat's fine he survived <laughs> the critters the house blowing up with him inside it and everything he's just absolutely dandy but as they get the cat as he goes brad goes to get the chewy chewy starts being sucked into the house and everything all the rubble around the house starts being sucked into the house and they basically play the explosion in reverse <laughs> and the house rebuilds itself i think it's alluded to that the the bounty hunters did this with yeah. some magical piece of technology and yeah, so it's a kind of happily ever after. And then you get the, uh, is it post-credits or pre-credits? I, I think, think it's, it's pre-credits. I think it's pre-credits, yeah. The, you basically get some shaky walkie cam where the camera goes to the chicken coop and there's like three critter eggs mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. which is sequel. <laughs> so that's 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 a quick overview summary of Critters. What were your thoughts, given that you'd never seen it before? Like, other than it was better than expected. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I definitely had a low bar for it. I d- for the to be first... fair, I set that low bar by going, this is shit, this <laughs> yeah. is shit. I, I forgot how actually enjoyable that film and, yeah, is. And, and at first I wasn't, like you you kept, you were like laughing out loud. There were points where you were just having the time of your life and I never really felt like it was laugh out loud funny to me. And and for the first 20 minutes or so, I was like, mm, I'm not really sure about all this. The start, you know, starting at the space prison and the, you know, the all-American family having their breakfast and having their squabbles and stuff was like, this just doesn't feel special. Um, but once the critters actually show up and actually once the bounty hunters show up and just start blowing everything up, then it did get fun. And the critters themselves are funny. They're definitely the highlight. Yeah, completely. Uh, which, you know, makes sense they're meant to be. So, yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. Like, I don't regret watching it. I, I don't know if I ever would have watched it if you hadn't put it on. <laughs> See, I used to actually own the box set of the DVDs. I don't know why I don't have it anymore. While we were watching this, I was Google, I was IMD being around and looking at the films and stuff. And it turns out there is a, they've done a fourth, a fifth film recently in 2019, which seemed to be paired alongside a eight part series that ran. All of it seems absolute shite. Yeah, I think there's, there's diminishing returns with these kind of things. Like we were saying earlier about horror franchises that kind of devolve into comedy the longer they go on. I think that films like this are very of their time, you know? Agreed. And I think once you, some things just don't work when you try to bring them back for the for the new generation. Yeah, I would agree with that. But overall, I think Critters probably ages better than you'd think. It's a really interesting slice of that kind of eight, mid to late 80s schlocky horror, throw everything at the wall and see what sticks kind yeah, of attitude. Yeah, definitely. And there were, actually, there were things that stuck out to me just because I wondered, because of the time period, um, like there was cattle mutilation. Oh yeah, we've got about that. The uh, the UFO. Yeah, that's when the um, the Phenomena? critters first like first land. Brad sneaking out from his house 
and he's on the roof and he's both like he's next to his dad's bedroom who like looks out the window and they both see the thing crash and they go off to investigate together and uh, they just find a mutilated yeah, cattle. Yeah. And the other thing it made me think of, and this is a proper, proper tangent, I'm sure nothing to do with the film or the people who made it, but the um, the Kelly Hopkinsville goblins, so the Kentucky goblins, you know, yeah. that the fucking Hellier is all about. Oh God, yeah, yeah, So that, that's a, a story, a story, a UFO encounter where a farmhouse gets surrounded by goblin creatures and attacked and they call in the police and the police are like, you're drunk, fuck off. And all the people there maintain that it really, really did happen. It was definitely goblins and not just birds and they were drunk. And the, the setup really did make me think of that. You know, the isolated farmhouse, the the mysterious creatures and <laughs> all that kind of thing. And I don't like, I guess at that time in America, you know, UFOs were kind of big. Yeah. Um, and and I, I did wonder if any of that played into the film on purpose. Probably not. No. But it was cool. Just these little things. Yeah, I think what we definitely should do next is watch, for the next one of these, we'll watch Gremlins yeah. and we can do a side by side and then we can watch Critters and I think, in fact, it maybe even say watch Critters and Gremlins too and just do... Like a big... A big review of both of those in conjunction. Yeah. Just to kind of finish off, I'm going to share some interesting trivia notes from IMDb about the film because there are some really funny bits and pieces. Charles uh, Chiodo, who made the Critters designs, Based them on the Tas, uh, Taz, the Tasmanian oh, devil yeah, yeah, yeah. from uh, Looney Tunes. Actually, to me, they looked a lot more like. Have you seen? You've seen the Dark Crystal, yeah? Yeah. Fizz gig from the Dark Crystal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the thing with like the just the giant mouth that screams a lot, like Nara. <laughs> yes, like our cat. Are you a critter, Nara? Is that it? I mean, you eat like one. To be fair, she's not saying no. Yeah. The other the other point was this is my favorite my favorite little nod because of me being a War of the Worlds fanboy. The town where this entire thing takes place is called Grover's Bend, and it's actually a subtle nod to the nineteen thirty eight radio broadcast of War of the Worlds, the one that made everyone panic because they thought it was real, <laughs> uh, which was said to be taken like all that was taking place in Grover's Mill. Mm, yeah, so that, yeah. that's that a, was cool. That's a little subtle nod to that. Also, the critter emerging from the toilet. Uh, is uh, supposed to be an homage to Ghoulies from 1984. Mm-hmm. And there's some other little, sod, little, little sods. Little sods. Some, that was, that's, that's the No, there's some other little nods to a, other films, like the dad's bowling shirt. is uh, It's a, a pin, a bowling pin, but in a Ghostbusters kind of... Ah, I wonder, yeah, I was like, I recognize that, but I can't place it. Okay, that, yeah, that makes sense. You yeah. didn't recognize that it was Ghostbusters. Well, I wasn't hyper-focused on it. It was just one of those things where you're like, I've seen that before somewhere. But yeah, it was, the, Ghost, it was really the Ghostbusters logo, but adapted for bowling. Right, okay. So yeah, that's uh, not the most exciting episode. But it was just tell people that. It was a great episode. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> so that's Critters. I, I, anyone who's either too young to have seen it or just skipped on it, I strongly recommend it. You can check it out. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Prime. Yeah. yeah, like two ninety nine to rent it and it's a fucking, you know, an hour and a half. Yeah, it was fun. It's really Definitely. fun. And I would recommend watching the first three. The third one's not as good as the first two, but it's worth watching purely for Leonardo DiCaprio, if nothing else. And it's a little bit of a different thing because the first two were set in Grover's Bend and the third one is like in a New York City apartment block because, you know. Gotta go to New York. Yeah. So, I hope you guys enjoyed that. We'll be back next time with Mark to redo the Lost Jace episode and then we'll probably plot on with some more Jace as well. Plot on. <laughs> You're not really selling the podcast tonight. <laughs> no. We'll, this episode's okay. It's not great. And then we're just going to slog through something else, I guess. Yeah, you know, it can't be fucked. <laughs> um, it's warm. I'm sweaty. Fair enough. Just share that with you all. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, well, so we're going to gonna 
power through some more Jason the Wheel Warriors uh, to try and because we're this this episode that we lost would have been the halfway mark, so we're going to get that out, get another one out, um, and start putting a bookend on that so we can move on to do other cartoons, yeah, and other films, yeah. But we will come back in the not too distant future and do the other half of this review and look at Gremlins as well. So until next time, hope you guys have enjoyed this kind of quick walk down Grem like schlocky eighties weird not that popular films. <laughs> It's a category everyone loves. Yeah. Until next time, guys, stay safe and we'll uh, see you soon. Take care.